When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney. Play to win, banksjones.com. The Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight, expertise, top guest. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Ready. There was a day that there wasn't a lot to talk about in December other than a lot of times a meaningless bowl game. Those days are gone. A monster show lined up today. Josh Ward will join us. We always love visiting with Josh Ward of the Sports Animal in Knoxville. We'll talk a a little bit of basketball as well. I don't want to give it away, but let's just say his name rhymes with uh, Don Ray, and he played basketball for Tennessee. Does that give it away? Is that too much, or should I lighten my hint? I guess it's too late, though. Um, I would like to go with uh, just hear those bells ringling, ching ching shingling too. There you go, almost as if there's a uh, rhymes with play ride. There we go, hit like and subscribe. (laughs) Yes, Ron Slay will join us on Thursdays throughout basketball season. Hit like and subscribe if you dig that, because I will tell you that if anything is ever going to break YouTube, it is going to be Ron Slay. There's no question about it. He is that good. He has that much energy. We're going to break down the balls on Thursdays with Ron Slay, and that's brought to you by Dynasty Spas right there in Athens. Go to DynastySpas.com. They've got all the pools and chemicals that you need, and they also have some hot tubs, discounts for military and first responders. The Dynasty Spas, you got to check them out in Athens, and you can go down there and look at their showroom, and they'll deliver. How cool is that? So we had all this show planned out yesterday, and we're ready to go. And then what happened? The SEC decides to release its schedule. So a lot to get to, uh, including today's tough question. But let's begin uh, with a quick look at, uh, well, actually, you know, if you don't mind, I'm going to begin with today's tough question because I want to get your thoughts 
on the Vols schedule before we get to the SEC and break this thing down. Because some teams got the bad end of the stick. The others got the good end. And I happen to think that Tennessee is one of them. It's today's Tough Question brought to you by Andy Mason of AndyMasonRealEstate.com. Today's Tough Question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. The Vols schedule, loathe it, love it, like it. Where are you, Caleb Calhoun, before we break it down? Oh, my gosh. Tennessee schedule specifically? Love it. If you are a Tennessee fan, you should love it. I mean, look, I'm just going to say it. Tennessee is in – it's ridiculous that the SEC doesn't have two divisions and they're doing an eight-game schedule next year because I'm just going to say this straight up. Tennessee should have to finish two games ahead of some other SEC schools to if if it's determining who's going to go play for the SEC title because their record – like, I'm sorry. Like, if Tennessee finishes – 8-0 8-0 in the SEC and another team finishes 6-2, and I might have that 6-2 and team go play for the SEC title if it was me because it's that wow. easy. Uh, Chattanooga at Tennessee, and uh, that'll be August 31st to open. We knew that date, but September the fir- uh, 1st will unofficially uh, be Nico Day in Tennessee because everybody's going to celebrate the fact that he throws for over 400 yards, completes about 75% of his passes, and accounts for five touchdowns. You heard it here first. And then you go Tennessee versus NC State. That's in Charlotte. Uh, then you go Kent State at Tennessee. Tennessee should be able to handle that one as well. Then Tennessee does go to Oklahoma, which will be a challenge. Uh, then you have an off week. Tennessee at Arkansas, which is in the midst of an offensive rebuilding effort. Then you got Florida at Tennessee. That'll be October the 12th. Alabama. At Tennessee, I know that uh, that that's still the third Saturday in October, and I'm very glad that they kept that tradition up, especially that Tennessee and Alabama are still playing. And I, and I hope no matter what happens in the future of college football, that's a permanent opponent. Kentucky at Tennessee, Mississippi State at Tennessee, Tennessee at Georgia. That's obviously the challenge, but it's in November. And that, I mean, that theoretically, if you based – the t- if you base a play off Tennessee and Alabama in the past um, eight quarters, Tennessee has won six of those. So Tennessee at Georgia could be a number one versus two game in November. That's not a stretch, Caleb. No, it's not. It's not. It's uh, There's a very strong possibility of that. I mean, it was basically that two years ago. It was one versus three, right? Tennessee and Georgia and Sanford Stadium. Um, you know, I think that um, – the one thing I hate is that the years never lined up because as I told you before the playoff expanded to 12 teams, I always wanted at least one for once meaningful November game at home for Tennessee. I always wanted to see that. And we never got that. We never got to see that. That never happened in human history, Dave, a meaningful November home game that could knock you out of a 14 college football playoff. It's just pretty legendary. It's pretty much guaranteed to be meaningful right because both teams at the very least are going to be knocking on the door of a 12 team yeah but it's it's on the road it's a road game that's what i mean it's oh uh, i got you i got you yeah yeah tennessee has never and never will because of the expanded playoff ever get a top five matchup in november at home with the uh, with the magnitude of what it would have been awesome to see at neyland stadium however 
this past that's year. a rant yeah that this was the last chance for that to happen this past year was the last chance for that to happen because the playoff was going to 12 teams now um still pretty it's still pretty darn good but i however if you're a tennessee fan you should absolutely love the schedule this schedule is laughably easy i you mean you have to you have to let me finish i gotta okay, i got a utep and a vanderbilt to get to utep oh, at utep at tennessee and then tennessee at vanderbilt schedule brought to you by andy mason andy mason real estate.com over 40 years of experience right there in knoxville and he can take care of you best service best biz when it uh, best service uh, and best prices when it comes to real estate right there in the knoxville area andy mason real estate.com yeah it's i don't know if I looked at it and honestly, I thought that I, when I first saw it last night, I thought I'd seen a fan's uh, hope of what the schedule might be. I don't see how it could possibly, possibly line up any better. I, let's nitpick for a second. You pick one thing out of this schedule that Tennessee legitimately could gripe about and Tennessee fans. Wait, I gotta find something Tennessee could gripe about. I got nothing. I literally have nothing. I'm I'm at a complete loss. Um, it is very unfair that they don't have a bye before or after Georgia. I I think that's very unfair. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they have to they have to rebound and get ready to play UTEP after. How 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 could you do that to the SEC? Yeah. Well, let me let me ask you this. I know your expectations are sky high, even a little bit higher than mine in 2024. But does this change your your expectations at all? And let's uh, after that, after I get your thoughts, project a record on this deal. Uh, my my expectations have not changed. My projected record on this deal, I say nine wins are circled, right, Dave? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, so who are your three in question? Uh, it would obviously be Alabama and Georgia, Florida. Okay. So, um, yeah, no, 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 not Florida. Florida's a circled win. I don't care what's happened in the past. If they lose to Florida next year, th 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 there's a real problem. No, Florida's their only non-circled wins are at Oklahoma, which I think is a toss up. And I still think Tennessee's going to win that game. Honestly, I think, I think after the Oklahoma game, is when the nation starts talking about Nico Iamaliava for the Heisman. I've been making that prediction from the start, and I'm sticking with it. It'll be the Oklahoma game. All eyes will be on him, and he's going to dominate that day. The Alabama, obviously a toss-up game. I think Georgia right now, you you lean likely loss, right, because it's at Georgia. But you, you don't know. I mean, Georgia's been dealing with so much attrition the last few years because of so many players. <laughs> so so many players leaving early for the NFL. But, yeah, I think, I think nine wins. And then I think one – one to be worried about, and I just wanted to mention, is um, NC State and Charlotte just because they got Grayson McCall transferring to them, the quarterback from Charlotte, Coastal Carolina. But I, I don't – even with that, I think they should beat NC State and Charlotte. I'm not – Yeah. I don't care that they have an elite quarterback. Yeah, and that's one of those neutral site games. We'll see if they're a, a part of moving forward. But I do think it helps Tennessee recruit in, in that area. McCall's very good, but other than Caleb Williams that went with his coach, who have we seen that's made the transfer at the quarterback position that's really blown us away? I, I mean, I mean uh, Michael Penix, Bo Nix. Um... Okay, a few then. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, 
<laughs> Joe Burrow, maybe a few then. Uh, okay, but I don't think McCall's of that ilk. Do you now? If going into it, I would have said he is of Nix's ilk. But those other names you mentioned, I don't. I don't think he's of that ilk. Yeah, I don't think so either. Again, but it's it's definitely worth him giving a shot. You know, uh, Sam Hartman in Notre Dame too, who left NC NC State went to Notre Dame. Went to Notre Dame. I thought he was pretty good. Um, so I think this will be a it'll be a fun test for Tennessee. Uh, I, I will say, I it's it's going to be a much better test than Virginia was this year, or honestly, even than Pittsburgh was last year. And I know they beat Pittsburgh in overtime, but. You go back and look at the 2022 season, Tennessee was significantly better than Pittsburgh. I just don't think they had mentally arrived during that Pittsburgh game. Is that fair to say, Dave, that they just had mentally gotten there? Yeah, I think that's I think that's very, very well said. Uh, now, uh, portions of the program brought to you by our friends at Brainerd Golf Course and Brown Acres Golf Course. If you're in the Chattanooga area, you can click right below and book your tee time now. And, well, I got hammered yesterday. And not like uh, uh, back in my wet days when that would have been, uh, hey, let's do a happy hour somewhere. I got hammered on Twitter, absolutely hammered, because I said that the $2 million a year, which is $8 million, uh, essentially has every Tennessee Vol thinking about money. And I'll still stand by that. Uh, but people said I'm absolutely crazy. They said they said compare Tennessee's transfer portal woes to the rest of the SEC. So I did that in a column that will be up in a little bit on offthehooksports.com. But I, I want to go through some of that, Caleb, and let's let's tell you where Tennessee stands right now. It's tough to say because they haven't taken anybody in. So in order to get ranked, you have to take somebody in. So on three ranks. Uh, they they rank 70 schools, and Tennessee's not on there because they haven't taken anybody in yet. That is a matter of time. Tennessee has 12 players in the transfer portal. So let's talk some transfer portal and where Tennessee compares. Georgia, the two-time defending national champions, they have 15 players in the transfer portal, which speaks to what you just said about the fact that Georgia at some point, unless they're the next Alabama, which is a once in a generation run, unless they're that at some point, attrition has to affect them. And it even affected Alabama from time to time. Um, But mm, for no more than a year or so, Uh, it's worth noting that six players that are leaving Georgia have committed to lower level schools. Um, That means that Georgia didn't want them with the exception of quarterback Brock Vandegrift, who is expected to enroll at Kentucky. I'm sure if uh, something uh, happened at the quarterback position, they would love to have Vandegrift back. They'd love to have depth, but let's face it. Quarterbacks in the transfer portal are just going to be a common thing. The Gators are definitely, the redheaded stepchild, and I can say that because I have red hair and both my parents are remarried. You're not allowed to say that, but I can. So the Gators have had, uh, they've got 16 players in the transfer portal. And what about this? One of them, Trevor Etienne, is a starting tailback on one of their best players. He's going to Georgia. So if you're giving out grades, the Gators are getting a big fat F. Okay, Kentucky is the highest rated SEC school in the 2024 transfer portal at number two with four incoming transfers, 13 13 potentially outgoing transfers. Other SEC schools, Ole Miss ranked number five, South Carolina number eight, 
Missouri number nine. Those are the only SEC schools in the top 10. So I'll say this in response to those that questioned me on Twitter yesterday. You got a point. You got a point. Now, my point all along was that the, the Nico contract caused the issues that Tennessee is having. But the issues as compared to other SEC schools ain't that bad. What say you, Caleb Calhoun? No, I never thought it was that bad either. And it look, this was a very much a par for the course Tennessee transfers that they have suffered. There's actually, we talked about Florida. You brought up the 16. That's an obvious red flag with who they've got entering the portal. But Georgia, <laughs> there have been some there have been some red flags on people Georgia's leaving to, losing to the portal too. They lost a couple of top edge rushers and people like that. And I mean, I don't think Kirby Smart is going anywhere, but there have been rumors that he would want to try himself at a higher level. I don't think he does. As far as you know, Dave, I think you you and I both agree. He he, his 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 north star his ultimate loyalty is georgia and georgia alone right uh yeah he he would be urban meyer in the nfl his his raw raw stuff screaming at yelling at you which even nick saban doesn't do um that 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 stuff that's not that uh, that wouldn't that wouldn't go over not to the extent that that kirby does that that wouldn't go over that would be an absolute failure like with steve spurrier you could make the argument that it's a unique offense and he would he would be okay. I can't make the argument that Kirby Smart would be a good NFL coach. I think he's there until he's he's done coaching. But I have more stats that you need to hear about that pertains to Tennessee. Hit the like and subscribe button when it comes to the transfer portal. First brought to you by Apex Apparel Group. Design brand market your way. Go to apexapparelgroup.com or call Tyler at 865-919-3001. 865-919-3001. Outfit your fleet. Apex Apparel Group. So who finished last year number one in the SEC transfer portal? It was Auburn. How did they do? They went six and six. Does it mean that you're going to be good or bad if you finish high or low in the portal? Ole Miss finished second in the SEC, and they finished 10-2 and two and were one of the better teams in the nation. Alabama and Georgia, Alabama finished 13th in the nation. Georgia finished 12th. So in going through these numbers shortly after our 345 uh, a.m. meeting this morning, I came to the realization that football hasn't changed as much as we think. A transfer portal can be a little salt on your filet mignon, but ultimately your filet mignon needs to come from the high school ranks. Any disagreement there? No, but well, it disagreement if you're trying to, if you're in another conference, maybe. I mean, Washington has fully built their team through the transfer portal and they're in the college football playoff, but you and I both agree, Washington is probably going to lose to Texas. And if they played Michigan or Alabama, they would lose by 75 points either one of them. I, I don't think Washington's that good, quite honestly. And which is why, by the way, the college football playoff committee lied when they said four best teams. If there was four best teams, Washington should have been left out. I don't care that they were undefeated, but that's a different story. It, if you are building a national title team, you got to go through the recruiting trail and through the high school ranks, particularly when, as we talked about it consistently, you have to develop your offensive line. You just have to, like, there's just no way around that. You have, you can't, rebuild your offensive line through the portal. And I have not seen a team do that yet. Y'all call me when one does. Maybe you could do it with your defensive line. No way you can do it with your offensive line. You just can't. So, somebody will, and it's probably Lane Kiffin. He'll, he'll go, he'll, he'll step up to the craps table and he'll get on a heater and he'll hit it. But then the next year, 
they might just win six games. So somebody will hit it and everybody will get along and they'll be that good of players and they'll be that good of a fit for a system, but you're not going to have sustained success with a dozen players in the transfer portal. Tennessee isn't the only team facing a, a pretty drastic roster turnover. Arkansas, Vanderbilt lead the league with 17 players entering the portal. South Carolina and Florida are tied for second with 16 players entering the transfer portal. Uh, followed by Georgia and Texas A&M, who each have 15 players in the portal. So here's what I read out of this. Georgia's got a lot of players who are like, dude, I'm not going to play till 2026. (laughs) I'm cruising. As for the rest of those teams, Texas A&M, South Carolina, uh, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, with mega number of prospects in the transfer portal, I think they're all in trouble. Now, long-term, I think A&M will be in better shape than it was with Jimbo Fisher. But as for 2024, you got that many people leaving. That's just uh, too much turnover. And I want to underscore this, too, that perhaps I didn't convey yesterday. I think that a lot of Tennessee's guys are shove-offs. And I also think Tyler Barron is just kind of leveraging himself to get as much money as possible. He just wanted to do do it through the portal, whereas I think like a guy like Cooper Mays wanted to do it quietly behind the scenes. But I I don't think Tennessee, as compared to those schools that I just mentioned, is anywhere close to in, in dire shape as as they are. No, not at all. And again, you're right. It's only one player is leveraging it publicly, and it is Tyler Barrett. And you're going to get a few short-sighted players that are doing that, which again. Advice to young kids, never publicly leverage yourself it, it, when it comes to NIL. That's, well, and it's illegal in some advice. states as well to publicly leverage yourself. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Especially, with when, especially within 500 feet of a school, I'm told. All right. So you don't want to ever publicly leverage yourself but I do think, around I do a Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, no, that that <laughs> very true. But Tyler Baird is the only loss that you're going to miss right now if he's right. gone. And honestly, with Pierce and Joshua Joseph, James Pierce and Joshua Joseph, I think you can deal with it if it happens. I cracked myself up there, didn't I? Uh, by the way, Jamal Wallace uh, has an offer from Tennessee. Uh, speaking of, well, somewhat of a transfer portal. I mean, it's it's, it's a junior college issue. Six foot four, two hundred sixty nine pound defensive lineman out of Sierra College calls Tennessee his dream school. That's on. Off the hook sports.com. He loves the colors. He loves the fan base. He tells Caleb Giroux. And uh, we'll see um, if, if he's able to uh, to pull the trigger. But his visit is scheduled to be this weekend. Is that correct? I believe so. Uh, so I think Tennessee picks up a commitment from him. And I'm looking at the MTSU defensive tackle. I think there's a real possibility there. So Tennessee, by the, by the time we're having this question, or we're asking this question in three days, Tennessee could be as high as 20 in the transfer portal if they pick up two or three guys. So if if you think I've explained myself uh, better as of what we said yesterday, hit the like button. If you still think I'm an idiot, hit the like button. Be sure and hit the subscribe button. If you think uh, Caleb's beard is coming back, like and subscribe. We appreciate that. Leave us a review and ratings. All right, Caleb, what did you have for me? Are you going uh, to circle back to the SEC? We got in. Well, SEC? I wanted, I wanted to mention a couple of things with the SEC schedule because we didn't go beyond. Uh, we didn't look at other teams real quick. 
I'm going to tell you guys, I, I'm going to give you a conspiracy right now. The SEC is looking out for Texas. It's embarrassing how obvious they were looking out for Texas. Texas, let me give you their SEC opponents, Dave, just real quick. Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, Florida, Arkansas, Kentucky, and Texas A&M. And then Oklahoma and Georgia are the two teams that elite teams they play. They play Oklahoma and Dallas, neutral site. They get Georgia at home. The weekend they get Georgia at home is the same weekend of the big Formula One event, the Grand Prix event in Austin every year. So Georgia fans won't even be able to travel to the game because as a with a road audience, so all because all the home game, all the hotels will be booked. So that is the most cover. It's the easiest schedule and the most cover I've ever seen provided. Meanwhile, on the other side, y'all got to stop with the conspiracy theories of Alabama. Look at who the SEC gave Alabama. Alabama draws Georgia, Tennessee, LSU, and Oklahoma next year. So y'all, y'all, y'all got to leave Alabama alone at this point. Texas is your new enemy. Did you did you, did you just say Grand Prix? It's Grand that, Prix. Grand Prix. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know I'm NASCAR. Not, <laughs> Grand. Nothing like the celebration of the Grand Prix. It's the Grand Prix. Josh Ward coming up next. Two minutes. Sun, sand, and salt water. The beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Sports Treasures in North Knoxville is one of the South's largest sports cards and memorabilia dealers, featuring over 10 million sports cards from vintage to modern. Sports Treasures carries a full line of hobby boxes, singles, autographed memorabilia, Tennessee ball collectibles, fan cave decorations, and so much more. See a museum full of collectibles at Sports Treasures, 4819 North Broadway in Fountain City, and Sports Treasures on Facebook. Sports Treasures, where the real sports fan goes to shop. Have you seen the latest TriStar Hats Co. product? TriStar Hats Co., what's that? You know, those really cool hats, shirts, tumblers, and even license plates with three stars like the official Tennessee flag and stripes like the American flag. Pretty patriotic if you ask me. Ah, I gotcha. Seen those. Those are cool. Where can I get them? Simple. TriStarHatsCo.com. And if you order now, there's 10% on any order $50 or more. Plus, use the promo code HOOKED. With the promo code HOOKED, you get 10% off. That's HOOKED. And don't forget free shipping with any order over 50 bucks. Stock up at TriStarHatsCo.com. That's TriStarHatsCo.com. There are plenty of wannabes out there, so make sure you go to TriStarHatsCo.com for the best quality and customer service. Will do, and I'll be sure to use the promo code HOOKED. That's HOOKED when I do to save an additional 10% off. TriStarHatsCo.com. TriStar Hats Co. is a trademark of TriStar Hats Co. LLC. Any use without express written consent is prohibited. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney. Play to win, BanksJones.com. You're listening to The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. The internet is full of pictures of each and every one of you. Available on YouTube. Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Is there nothing you people can't do? Also available on offthehooksports.com. If you decide you're going to any Grand Prix events, I'm sorry, Grand Prix events, 
You. I'm never going to live that one down. I'm never going to live that one down. <laughs> hate myself for that. You need to go to Hemp House, the premier hemp dispensary online with a wide variety, great selection, and strict standards to ensure you only receive the best in CBD or Delta products. And trust me, quality matters. Hemp House Chat with 2Ts.com. Hemp House Chat with 2Ts.com. That is the Hemp House, the premier hemp dispensary online. Use the promo code HOOKED. Get 10% off. Our next guest is just absolutely awesome, and we love visiting with him. It is Josh Ward of the Sports Animal. That reminded me a little bit, Josh. Wasn't there a, uh, a NASCAR driver? You may have mispronounced his name one time when you were like 17 years old and on the air. That story is true. It is. Is Martin Truex Jr. And our co-host, Ken Wheeler, lost it. And Martin True. And I knew so little about NASCAR. I wasn't 100% sure you were right or wrong. And he goes, Martin True. But you said it like you were some sort of rapper. It was cool. Yeah, uh, I missed on that one. Uh, Actually, I think... There were times based on the opinions that you and Ken would give on the lead lap at the time that that people would call the show Grand Prix. So I think it just depended on the topic of the day. Josh, do you like doing the show with those Grand Prix? All right. I'm I, actually, st- I gave a quick uh, speech in college. I was a history major and it was the brain labs because I knew all the presidents, but I was reading a list of presidents that had done a specific thing. I forgot what it was. Um, I think it was ones who actually all had affairs and got caught now that I remember that now, but um, uh, FDR came and I said Roosevelt by accident, just cause I was reading and not thinking. I'm like, Oh wait, it's Roosevelt, not Roosevelt. <laughs> and- <laughs> Either way. Uh, I'm, st- I'm, I'm still working on. And I got a feeling I got to get better at that really, really quick. Uh, just, I haven't asked you Josh, but before we get in, well, let's just go ahead and get into Nico now because uh, pretty high standards by our guy, Caleb Calhoun. And and he's not joking. I had to call him after the show to say, uh, were you joking? And he's like, no, I, I wasn't. It's time for What the H? And it's brought to you by our, our good friends at Rick Terry Jewelry Design. What the? What was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. Uh, so, Caleb thinks that Nico is going to win the Heisman next year. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and not let this get off the rails. No offense, Caleb, but you tend to do that. Uh, I, I want to ask you something more realistic. And Caleb may be right. And he's, with his schedule, Josh may be able to win the Heisman next year. Uh, but what the H brought to you by Rick Terry Jewelry Design. They want to be your jeweler looking for affordable game day jewelry. How about the fire opals, a Tennessee tradition? RickTerryJewelry.com. RickTerryJewelry.com. So I, this is completely in a theoretical sense. I understand they're not the same quarterback, although they're probably a little bit uh, more similar in their arm talent when I watch them. But certainly the guy that I'm getting ready to tell you about couldn't run at all. I think his shoelaces were tied together by Peyton Manning, who then in turn tied Peyton Manning's shoelaces together. But would you take Casey Clawson's career as Nico's, which I think we would define right now as Casey Clawson was a very, very good leader amidst a program that had some malcontents. 
He got to the SEC championship game. Wasn't his fault they didn't win it. There was a fumble by Dante Stallworth and a fumble by Travis Stevens that cost Tennessee a trip to play for the national championship. He was a road warrior. So if I told you, you get Casey Clawson's career, that level of success, that level of play, would you walk away from the craps table, go cash out, at uh at the at the, the cashing thing whatever they call that at or would you say no i'm gambling for more from nico josh let me ask you that question i think very highly of casey clausen i still think he's underrated historically when we talk about tennessee football but no i would not cash out for that i would attempt to accomplish more both individually and with the team. Statistically, it's difficult to make comparisons just because the offensive game, especially what the system is with Josh Heupel, is different. The running ability that Nico has will give him so many more rushing yards and rushing attempts than what Casey did. Uh, the, the, the one pause I would have immediately before saying no is that 2001 season because the 2001 season had Tennessee in a position uh, I do know the result, so that factors in when you ask me the question. But Tennessee was in a position to win an SEC title. Should have won it, honestly. And in that case, is playing for a national championship in a two-team playoff system. If we had a 12-team playoff in 2001, Tennessee's still in the playoff. So the results would be different then if we're using the system now. But I would still say I would look for more accomplishments for Nico individually and try to win more as a program with Nico over the next, what are we calling it? Two to three years. Okay. So I want to, I want to be clear. You're, you're, you're taking the risk that he, he could be a bust and everything that I've heard about him is that that's not going to be the case, but you're also taking the risk that he could be average like Jared Garantano. So you, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even toy with that. You wouldn't gamble with that. You would walk on out and cash your chips out. Uh, I would no. I would uh, try to do more. Um, I think like I would if, too. Yeah. If if Tennessee has Casey's team results over the next two seasons, no conference title. Again, the the playoff thing's a little different. Um, like if they go to the play, let's say they even go to the playoff and they're one and done in the playoff in the next two years, and that's the end of Nico's run, then I think a lot of people are going to look at that as disappointing. If it's you know if it's ten and two, ten and two, playoff appearance, no playoff wins. I mean there will be disagreement there, but uh, if it's if it's oh one oh two oh three, let's say you have Nico for the next three seasons because you're asking to take Casey's career. If it's oh one oh two oh three, and Tennessee has some nice regular season wins, but it doesn't have any championships. There's nothing substantial that Nico accomplishes where he's remembered outside the fan base for big time accomplishments. Then I think a lot of people will look at that as disappointing considering the wild amount of hype that exists as he takes over as the starter. Yeah. And it's funny, Josh, because you brought up 2001. If Tennessee with Nico was going to do what it did with Casey in 2001, wouldn't Nico have to be significantly better than Casey in that alone? Because whatever, I like Casey too. I'm a fan of Casey and I think he's underrated. But 
that 2001 team had the greatest interior defensive line in the history of college football. And it had a Hall of Fame tight end. It had two starters at receiver in the NFL. I mean, that, that team was outside of the 97 or 98 team, maybe the most loaded team in Tennessee football history, talent-wise. And next year's team is not that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of the reason that I would not be able to get on board with Nico winning the Heisman next year is because I don't know who's helping him do that. So, uh, yeah, you're you're right in terms of the team result. If Tennessee is going to do what the 0-1 team did or more, then Nico has to be special. And a lot of players on both sides of the ball have to be much improved in 2024. And maybe that happens, but... That 0-1 team had legit NFL players. Not, uh, maybe they'll get drafted guys. They had, let's go get those guys in the first round kind of talent. Absolutely. Go ahead, Caleb. Yeah, I agree. And so, do you think, so, but couldn't part, couldn't one advantage Tennessee has this time compared to the last time? Yes, this team is significantly worse. Not just Nico being better than Casey, but I'm, I'm not trying to throw Philip Fulmer, Randy Sanders under the bus. They ran a different system altogether. But Nico combined with Josh Heupel, can that outweigh some of the drawbacks? Because that happened two years ago. Hendon Hooker combined with Josh Heupel. The 2022 Tennessee team wasn't anywhere near the 2001 team in talent level, but they finished with the same record. And it was because the combination of Hooker and Heupel just outweighed the combination of, sorry, Casey Clawson and Randy Sanders in 2001. Um. Yeah, I, th- I think it starts there. Heupel and Hooker were a terrific combination with what the system is with some other players too. Jalen Hyatt's a Blitnikoff award winner who is now showing that he belongs in the NFL too. Uh, Darnell Wright was a top 10 pick playing at right tackle. So it, it was more than them, but you're right. Heupel and Hooker are the biggest reason that combination of why Tennessee was able to go win 10 games in the regular season. And pull off a historic combo uh, a historic win against Alabama 52 to 49 it took that though it took that kind of performance and a Jameer Gibbs drop like if Jameer Gibbs doesn't drop the football on that final Alabama drive and they win the game it doesn't change anything about what Tennessee was as a team changes the result changes how it's historically remembered so you still had to have some things come together for that magical season to exist the way that it did and right now I don't see that roster help for Nico. And the roster is a work in progress. We still have to see how the transfer portal works out. What if Mike Matthews comes in and he is just he is ready to go to make a big impact as a freshman? That's a big ask, but it's on the table in the what-if scenario when we talk about Tennessee trying to repeat what it did in 2022, at the very least, again in 2024. Josh's appearance brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. I want to ask Josh if it's a disappointment if uh, Nico at some point during his career isn't invited to New York for the the Heisman Trophy ceremony. I'm interested to see what he has to say. Imagine having the best spas made right here in the United States of America in your backyard. Dynasty Pools and Spas has their showroom open in Athens with the best hot tubs and spas in the market. Delivery Yes, they can do that. So you can check it out, have it delivered there in the Knoxville area or Chattanooga area. Complete support spa cover and chemicals to keep your spa bubbling at its best. That's Dynasty Pools and Spas. Amazing discounts for first responders, military, and even some blemish models that can save you a ton. And no one will ever notice Dynasty Pools and Spas. Go to DynastySpas.com. 
dynastypools.com or stop by their showroom in Athens, Dynasty Pools and Spa. So if you had a better mortgage payment, does Nico end up at some point during his career? I'm going to lessen a little bit what Caleb said. Does he at least end up at the Heisman ceremony? Is he sitting there in the chair waiting for that ugly trophy to be unveiled? You don't like the trophy? I think it's an ugly trophy. It needs a little, a little, I don't know. I just thought it's an ugly trophy. You think it's a good looking trophy? Man, that's the Grand Prix of takes, I feel like. <laughs> uh, it's historic. It's the Grand, um, Grand Prix something, Martin True. So you're asking me, does he end up in New York at least as a Heisman finalist? At some point in his career, yes. I'll say, I'll say yes. Uh, I'll say in 2025, he blossoms into a Heisman candidate. Winner, I mean, we're talking about Tennessee's first ever winner. It's just difficult to, to get that done. So I'll say, I wouldn't say that. But a trip to New York, uh, I'll gamble on, yes. I think that Nico's talent is for real. And I think his opportunity in this offense is, it, it's as high for his potential as any quarterback we could talk about over the next couple of years. No, I would agree with that. Yeah, Josh, I don't think you've been on here when I said this, but I've said it to a lot of other people. There are certain times in history where like you have a coach with the system and a quarterback that was like designed to run that system and they're a perfect match made in heaven. I bring up, tell me if you think I'm crazy for saying this. I bring up like Tommy Frazier landing with Tom Osborne. That was perfect. I bring up Tim Tebow landing with Urban Meyer. Tebow was created in a lab to run Urban Meyer's spread offense. Yeah, I think Nico and Heifel is that combination. I think it's like Nico was created and designed to run this system, wasn't he? He does look like a perfect fit with his quick release, his mobility. Uh, everything that he can do would match with what Josh Heifel asks of his quarterback. There is the fear that he gets hurt, but honestly, that exists for any quarterback that has mobility and will run. So I don't think it's that fair to harp on that. Maybe if he was needed this past season being a true freshman. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think that he looks like a perfect fit for the offense going in. Some of the names you mentioned were who came to mind immediately for me, Tim Tebow with Urban Meyer. When Cam Newton went to run the offense for Auburn, that was exactly what they needed. He's also special talent. We're talking about special talents, at least at the collegiate level. Uh, I know T- Tebow didn't have a great NFL career. That doesn't matter for what he was needed to do in Urban Meyer's offense. I think that Nico has NFL potential. Don't get me wrong there, but with Tennessee's offense and what's required in the game today, he has everything that allowed him to become either the number one quarterback in the country as on three ranked him or one of the top two or three guys, no matter the service in 2023. Uh, Somebody asked on the message board before we move on, talk to some Tennessee Cruton next, and that is who will um, uh, Nico's backup be? I'm going to go ahead and tell you, for any big-time program, it doesn't matter. It really does anymore because the way the transfer – it's probably going to be Jake Merkling or the freshman coming in, I would think. But it doesn't matter because nowadays you're loading up for a quarterback just like in the NFL. If you lose your starting quarterback, that season's probably trashed. I mean, that's just basically – Well, Texas I, is in the playoff, and they lost Quinn Ewers for multiple weeks. Well, and, their, and their backup quarterback just entered the transfer portal, will not be there in the playoff, Malik Murphy. That's a fair point, but don't you think that's going to be the exception to the rule? Well, sure. I mean, I I think it's the exception anytime you lose your starting quarterback that you're going to have that kind of success. But uh, we've seen backup quarterbacks have to step up and perform. I, 
Yeah, Tennessee's history is relying on the backup quarterback. If we're talking about to go win the win a conference title, get to the playoff, compete for a national title, that's just so hard to do with your starter. So sure, that can wreck a season. But um, if we're talking about can you still win nine or ten games? And again, a 12-team playoff, the idea of getting in is different now. I think the backup quarterback is a really important role. I just think that – I guess my point was – and. Maybe I didn't. Alabama it, won a title making a change in the national yeah. title game. Again, yeah, that, but the, yeah, that's an exception for sure. But right. yeah, I think we can go through and find plenty of examples where you at least need the backup for a game or two to hold steady. Especially if the goal does change to, hey, can we get to ten and two, not twelve and zero or eleven and one? If if you have a little wiggle room, uh, but you need to make sure you don't fall apart for a month, the backup becomes important. I guess I guess my point is I think the days of having Jeremy Colquitt, Peyton Manning, Brandon Stewart, and Todd Helton going four deep at quarterback are probably over. Yeah, you're not going to see that nearly as often. Ole Miss and Lane, he put together a quarterback room that included a former starter at Oklahoma State who had success and a former five-star recruit in Walker Howard. We'll see how things play out at Oregon, but they've brought in Dylan Gabriel, and, and unless I haven't seen news there's a chance that Dante Moore goes there to sit for a year and then take over in 2025 that's still the exception but Tennessee's a program that's going to hold standards like that in the quarterback room well but remember this though Lane with all those quarterbacks he was dating their mothers so that helped (laughs) (laughs) get them in there (laughs) I was talking to your mom last night and she said that you should stay at Ole Miss Okay, well, everybody has a different style in recruiting. That's right. That's <laughs> Lane style. Right, let, let me switch gears because I want to get you on some recruiting. Uh, so apparently Jordan Seaton turned down a big bag of NIL cash uh, from the balls to commit to Colorado. Can you give us a little bit more background on Caleb? Because I want to get Josh's take on this. That was pretty much it. Brenner sold it right there. Jordan Seaton was offered uh, a uh, – According to multiple reports, and as a matter of fact, WBIR reported this in Knoxville uh, last week, and then SI.com for the Colorado, uh, for, for that covers Colorado, broke it that two na- two days ago that multiple sources are saying that Jordan Seaton was offered a multi million dollar NIL bag to go to Tennessee and still turned it down to go to Colorado, and so people have been thinking that Colorado is getting everybody through the NIL. And I'm starting to wonder if just Dion's name is outweighing NIL money, which would shock me. I didn't think that would be the case, but maybe it is. What's your take on that, Josh? This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. 
Well, I think Dion was an obvious sell, the number one to Jordan Seaton to come be a part of what Coach Prime is building, not just with the football program. We'll see what kind of success they have. I think they'll be better next year than this year. I think they have a good chance to at least be a bowl team in 2024 with the move to the Big 12. But um, I, in terms of what he's getting at Colorado, I have no idea. He's not going there for free. I mean, let's exactly. let's be honest there. Just like Travis Hunter wasn't going to Jackson State for free. I don't know what he got, but he was taken care of, I'm sure, and then ends up making the move to Colorado. Jordan Seaton was able to make his announcement on Undisputed on FS1. I'm sure that's part of the sale of, hey, we're gonna we're gonna build some attention around you. We're gonna we're gonna build a brand for you. I use that word because that's a word that Trey Smith used when he announced his commitment to Tennessee that they're gonna help build his branding. What is that immediately in dollar figures? I don't know, but I'm confident that Undisputed would not have had Jordan Seaton on if he was announcing a commitment to Tennessee or even Alabama or Ohio State. I think it's pretty easy to figure out that Deion Sanders has connections to former NFL players with FS1 and with that show, and that's why Seaton was on there. So I'm, I'm sure the dollar figure was enough and that there can maybe be more to come his way but the building of the brand and the attention around Jordan Seaton was an uh, alluring aspect to the recruitment. Big days ahead for FS1 as they landed the broadcast rides for the Grand Prix. I mean, Grand Prix recently. Um, but Josh, back to Seaton. Um, I believe this is spin. I believe there's a good chance that Colorado offered comparable money to Tennessee. And if, if you watch anything about Colorado, Dion's son is in charge of social media. I think this is spin. I think this is what was told to be put out there. I don't think there was a vast difference in money between Colorado and Tennessee. I just think that Dion Sanders knows how to spin it and get people like us talking about it. So which direction are you talking? Like when people say there's a big difference, are they saying Colorado offered a, a ton more? No, they're saying well, that, Tennessee offered a ton more and that Jordan Seaton turned down the NIL bag that Tennessee was offering to go play for Deion at Colorado. That's the spin. Oh, um, yeah, and no, I'm, I'm sure he's getting a ton of money to go to Colorado. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I feel like I, I mean, spin. I said I don't know how much I don't I don't know what the so difference wait. is. So it, may, it, it for sure could be less. I, I don't know. But I think a lot of times in these cases, NIL one way or the other is used as spin if if you don't get a guy. Uh, or, you know, if, if you're trying to sell it of, Hey, look at us, look at how much better we are. Maybe you, you spend it, but formal before the, the days of NIL, before this became allowed for players to profit off their name, image, and likeness, players are getting paid to go to college. Okay. They just, it, it wasn't being talked about publicly. I still think it's weird that dollar figures get attached to these deals, but we know that they can make money. So, uh, it's going to happen. It's inevitable. But players are getting money before, and I think a lot of times they would kind of have a price tag of, okay, I, I need this amount. I need at least this amount. And sometimes it might be a school that they don't want to go to as much. It'd really be like two or three, so the price tag for that school might be a little bit higher. But I think then and now, a lot of it is either matching or being in the same ballpark of what players are going to get, and then it comes down to where do they want to go. So I don't think money is often going to be an issue for Tennessee. There's budgeting, so you are not you can't just go give everything to everybody. But I think a lot of times 
a player tells another school, okay, well, this is what school X is going to give me. Can you do that or close to it? School Y and school Y either can or can't. And if they can, it comes back to somewhat traditional recruiting. Wait, players got paid before NIL. Josh, did you just say that? I know it's surprising to hear, but that's hot. I do think it, it might've happened at one or two or every major school before 2021. Did it ever happen at Tennessee Peyton Manning? They're like, that is total bullshit. What was it, a, a grand A&M? Uh, it's a grand discussion today. Was it a grand A&M for Eric Dickerson? And then he's on the 30 for 30? I don't know. Oh, yeah, where, about, he, which is where he took the car? Did yeah. He, yeah, that was actually, that was the boldest move ever. A&M offers him the car. He takes the car. And then he's like, I'm going to commit to uh, SMU. And A&M can't take this car back from me. What are they going to do? They already bought it for me. And... That was beautiful. I always wanted the Grand Prix or Grand something else. Uh, Josh, guys, we're still looking at it. We're, just to say we're looking at this a bit backwards. What I'm saying is it sounds like Tennessee offered a significantly more amount of NIL money and Seton still turned Tennessee down for Colorado. So I'm See, saying I don't is believe that for Tennessee. But I don't believe that. I, I, I don't believe the numbers were that different. I think this is spin. And I think that Tennessee, how many schools, unless they say that Seton was their, their key. But I want to ask you this, Josh. How many schools, and Caleb, you too, how many schools out there can stand toe-to-toe with the Spire group now that we're in basically, what, a year two, essentially, of them being full-fledged going on for a full calendar or fiscal year, if you want to call it that? I mean, they're still number one on the on-three list. How many How many schools can truly compete with Tennessee when it comes to divvying out NIL dollars? Well, I would be guessing if I tried to come up with a number, but I think think most of the big-time players can kind of go toe-to-toe. If we're just talking about can they come up with the funds, you know, like Alabama, Ohio State, Oregon, these schools that we talked about with Jordan Seaton before Colorado pulled off the surprise get, those schools aren't going to be outdone. I think a program like South Carolina is in – real trouble it might be able like it just went and got rocket sanders i'm sure he's not going to be playing for free next season but can south carolina compete with tennessee in the nil world i'd be really surprised but spire doesn't have unlimited funds just like ohio state and alabama and oregon don't have unlimited numbers i i think they look at it like hey we're we're not going to be outbid but each school can only bring in so many players And they're working with some kind of budget where you have to manage what you're going to spend on current players because year to year, guys can play better and their value goes up. I think an obvious player for Tennessee would be James Pierce. A year ago, we didn't know what kind of role he would play. Then he breaks out and he's one of the best edge guys in the league. He's more valuable in 2024. So you you have to make those kinds of decisions on top of what you can do in the transfer portal and what you can do with recruiting. But you think about somebody who's out there who I think it's pretty obvious will get some money is Juice Wells. Well, I don't think we've heard Alabama with him. Alabama could use some help at wide receiver, but they've probably looked at, okay, we, we got to put some funding elsewhere. So they're not in play. So um, this is a long way of saying, I think Tennessee can go toe to toe when it comes to a budget and how much it can spend with just about everybody. But I think most of these major programs, Texas, Texas A&M, Alabama, Ohio State, Tennessee included, are in similar positions in what they can offer. And some players, they will say, say it's worth it, and they'll do what it takes to get him. And other players will say, 
doesn't fit with what our roster is, what our needs are. I think it's, I think it's about the top 12 to 15 could stand toe to toe with each other and say, I can match your money. That, that that's just yeah. a ballpark number that I'm throwing out there. And, I, I, and all these, all these schools, they also have players who probably think they're worth more and they'll go to their, their school and say, Hey, I, I, or collective or whatever, and say, I need, I need a little bit more. And the school will make the decision of can't do it. Sorry. And then it's up to that player to decide, well, do I want to stay or do I want to look out there and see what my market is? Can I get more elsewhere? Great stuff, Josh. Uh, Noon to three on the Sports Animal. We greatly appreciated his appearance brought to you by Dynasty Spas right there in Athens with their showroom and they do delivery. Thank you, Josh. Had a grand time. Thanks, guys. It's grand. Let's see what he did there. It's a grand free with a never going to live that down. Oh my grand, gosh, Josh! Still, it's been like twenty years, and Josh hasn't lived down the Martin True, which was uh, that was that's pretty golden. And I, I don't know that Josh has ever mispronounced a name before or since. I mean, he's. I'm jealous of the way he he pronounced. Have you ever accidentally name. said linebacker or wide receiver corpse? Instead of core, you know, <laughs> I've done that by accident before. I'm not going to lie. No, he's no longer. He's no longer with us. Um, <laughs> the linebacker corpse is great. Hey, Levi said, I'm not able to see the question of the day until I choose an answer. Does anyone have this issue? Speaking of our poll question, which we got so busy uh, today, you, you don't have to choose an answer, but if you click on that, it'll drop down. So we've got a few hundred votes already and how do you feel about tennessee's schedule um this is really surprising to me caleb one hate it sec against the vols gets 15 percent two delusionally okay, thinks that okay, okay hold on hold on two this is the surprising one it works 70 percent and then only 15% say, love it, championship. If I had to pick between those three, I, it's it's love it, championship. I mean, I am too, but I'm the one picking them to win the championship next year. So, you know, I am the one who thinks that Niku Iamaleava is going to win the Heisman. Um, yeah, but I, I it, Come on, guys. It works. You should be celebrating. I think people are still – I think at this point, Tennessee fans have given up ever picking their team to win a championship. I think there was just too much – too many disappointments over the years for them to think they could ever say championship. I, I just think they've been burned too many times, um, and I think that's where this comes from. Again, this is the first time I'm picking them to win a championship. The first time I've picked them since – 2007, I actually picked them to win the SEC that year, Dave. They won the East, but they didn't win the title. Um, our, but... our poll question today brought to you by Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han. Look at me. No glasses, no contacts. Enjoy life better when you see better. Local vision service for LASIK, cataract surgery, and regular eye examination. And they're local, so they take care of you, and they care. CCTIs.com, CCTIs.com, Campbell Cunningham, Taylor and Han hit that like and subscribe button if you haven't already and do me one more favor turn the notifications on because you're going to get great Tennessee coverage right here how how about the best six man that I've ever covered how about one of the best balls of all time how about Ron Slay next can you hang tight we'll just uh, boogie through this break he's Caleb Calhoun I'm Dave Hooker off the hook sports Got cataracts? We can fix that. 
Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Hi, I'm Rick Terry, and we at Rick Terry Jewelry Designs pride ourselves in the highest quality craftsmanship from a family-owned business here in Knoxville for over 35 years. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we also take pride in being an affordable option for all your game day accessories, especially those fire opals. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we want to be your jeweler every day and especially on game day. Go Vols! Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. We believe every day is a good day to be thirsty. With free samples on draft and lots of flavors to choose from, Tennessee Cider Company prepares a hard cider that's easy to enjoy. Some say it's the signature cider of the South. Others say it's the cure to your craving. They all say you'll savor every sip. The area of Gatlinburg has so much to offer, and so does Tennessee Cider Company. Add us to your list for shopping and fun experiences. You'll be glad you made the trip. Find our cidery in the Mountain Mall on the Gatlinburg Parkway. Sip smart. Sip the good stuff. Sip Tennessee Cider Company. Thirsty yet? Doors open at 10 a.m. Buddy, this is Jacob Warren asking you to like, subscribe, and share. Dave needs this. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney. Play to win, banksjones.com. Objective coverage. Hey, that's new. If we get caught, we're going to jail. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. I'm going to need to see some identification. Back to Dave Hooker. I'm just going to go ahead and bring him in right now because he is the man. It is Ron Slay, VFL. Tennessee's best basketball player in the history of man. Step aside, <laughs> Ernie and Bernie. Step aside, Alan. Just step aside, Grant, because it's Ron Slay on the program. Ron, how are you, sir? Hey, hey man, what, what you trying to do, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> somehow, somehow gets tweeted into Slay says he's best ball ever, and Ernie can stick it. Immediately, immediately. <laughs> I'll tell you this though: Draymond Green would never try. Would never have tried those shenanigans with Ryan, would he? No, he would and, never try that. No, ain't no. It's no way possible. It's, it, it's not enough <laughs> people in the arena to break up what's gonna happen. If that was what, if that was the case, there's no way I'm gonna lay on the floor and take that. <laughs> no, nah, that's that ain't that ain't gonna work. That ain't gonna work at all. Uh-huh. It's it's got to be frustrating for Draymond now that he's not the player that he once was. I think that uh, that's part of the factor as well. The program represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys, play to win. Banks Jones, a Tennessee's trial attorney, they will go to trial 
for you. But Ron's appearance is brought to you by our friends at Dynasty Spas. And I want to kick a little four downs here in a second, which maybe we need to rename that since it's a basketball segment with Ron. But we'll work on that. Um <laughs> First of all, let's let me get you in in general because I saw a tweet that you sent out. When this team all comes together, it's going to be really special. Yeah. But what I wanted to ask you is not how special they can be. That would be the easy way out. But describe the team building process and basketball, playing non conference opponents that are sometimes challenging, yeah. sometimes not, but building those bonds and that chemistry during December to make that conference run and then hopefully an NCAA postseason run. I mean, how important is this time that maybe we don't see just when they're in games? It's huge. It's uh, I think, especially getting away from home. Like you always want to play at home and give your, your crowd a little taste of what they're going to get, you know, especially going into conference play, but to build the cohesiveness and get all, get everybody on the same page when you're walking through, um, the season, especially non-conference, going on the road, um, it, it's, it's small things and it seems minute, but it means so much because of the details of getting in, who's going to be your roommate on the road? Are you comfortable with that? And then leading up to, hey, man, who's waking everybody up? Like, it's small things like who's going to be the first one down to uh, pregame, who's getting the ankles taped first? Like, it's all – it all flows, man. And, and one thing about athletes, they love to be in routines. So once you start going along on that journey and then you start incorporating who you're playing, like the Kansases, the Purdue's being ranked one and two, going to Chapel Hill and playing after playing in Maui. I think all of that plays a, a part in it. And what can't be overlooked is taking that trip to Italy as well. I think that was a, that's a cheat code for everybody, you know, because you're getting a, a jump start on the season and you're it's, it's only you. I think that's the most important for, part about that when you go overseas or you go on a trip, even when they went to Maui, like, uh, well, to Honolulu, but the Maui Invitational, um, you look at it and you're like, man, it's only you. That's all you know. Like, you're away from the world. All the people you can call and be like, hey, man, I'm coming over to your house. I'm going to come chill with you. That breaks the norm. So you're only around guys that you know. You kind of bunker down. That all leads to um, the cohesiveness when you get into the season, in the pre, in the, into the conference part of the season. And who you can rely on, you start to figure it out. You know, who you who's going to be that guy that, that can jumpstart everybody? Who's going to be that spark that you can always depend on? Who's going to be that guy that's going to be turning the ball over when they take the ball out? Like, don't put them in, coach. We don't need them right now. So, and then I think also for the coaching staff that gets overlooked, you start to focus on the players, but you start to find out who you are as coaches as well. Even though you've been together, it's different dynamics being into it. Um, when you bring guys in like Dalton Connect and you working a guy back in like ZZ, um, you bring a Freddie DeLeon who who probably handled all of the point guard duties, him and Meshack leading up to the season. Now you incorporate Zakai. Like, what does that do to them mentally? Like, it's it's so much that's going on, and you can never find out who you are until you face a little bit of adversity. And I think that's what Tennessee, that's the feather in their cap that they have this year, playing these high-ranked teams at neutral sites, on the road, and having to go out there and battle. And coming out, you know, win or loss, you're coming out better. You know what I mean? Outside of the first half of the North Carolina game, I think in each in each game, it was a different style, a different element they had to face, a different kind of character in ED or whoever it may be. But, and, and you had to find different ways to win. And it was always somebody different. 
Even when Dalton Connect went down with the cramp early in Maui, who else are we going to rely on? May Santi start doing other different things. So it's a whole lot that goes into it and nothing like being able to face true competition in the non-conference schedule. Ron, it, during this time, one of the things I think a lot of people don't see, and you probably know this, is it, and, and I think for Tennessee fans, it's even worse because Tennessee is a football school, so they don't know how to a, a lot of times approach college basketball in a different light. But what I yeah. mean by that is how much is non-conference playing college basketball? Are coaches doing a lot of experimenting, which can lead to a few ugly performances yep. because they, this is the time, right, to kind of experiment and just see what you can and can't do. You can't afford that in football when you only have 12 games and one loss can knock you out. But in no, basketball, you, you can do a lot of that in November and December, can't you? Yeah, you can, especially when you play high-ranked opponents. Because win or lose, it's not going to hurt your resume when it comes to March and the committee's looking at, oh, man, was this a loss against Presbyterian like Vanderbilt did? Like Mississippi State, did they lose against Southern? No, you lost against Kansas when you was experimenting. You lost against Purdue when you were tweaking the lineup. Lost against North Carolina where we ain't going to play our first team back-to-back all-SEC guard in the second half unless somebody gets in foul trouble. So – you're finding different mixtures, and I, uh, I think when you play a schedule like that, it's not taken um, to heart, you know what I mean, as far as where it, it can hurt you um, because you're playing those guys. And I think the coaches love to see that. Like, they love to have their guys tested. It's nothing like being tested in game situations where you got to adjust on the fly. And um, in practice, you try to put them in that situation, and it, and it doesn't really work because, you know, it's controlled, and you want you want to be healthy making it out of it. Um, you don't want to put so much on Chad Newman, the trainer, you know, or Big G. But um, I think when you look at it, um, it, it's hard to to digest because you expect to win so much. And you're coming out of football season and everything hinges on this game, this Saturday. What are we going to do? Can we get over the hump? Oh, it's a letdown. Oh, let's get back up. We're ready to go. That ain't in. That's not happening in the basketball. It's a long, 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 long season. And what happens this week? has no bearing on what's going to happen two weeks from now. You know what I'm saying? So it's all it's all to come in and get it together um, for the committee at the end and have you clicking at the right time. I've been a part of teams that peak too early. So I know exactly what it's like when you can change and tweak something and not have things going the right way and you start going downhill and you can't stop it. You know what I'm saying? So um, I, I think the fans have to just sit back, relax. Coaches have to sit back, relax. Um, I think it's teaching Coach Barnes a lot of patience. I think it's teaching his players patience um, throughout this situation, like what you saw with Georgia Southern. Guys getting blown by and things like that. Come sit down. <laughs> we got some guys that's going to value these minutes, and you need that because you got to build those guys back up. Look at the game before. Those guys, the young guys, didn't get to play against George Mason. You know what I'm saying? So it's <laughs> you get to play these little games, but hopefully you get it all in order by the time you get in the SEC play and you're ready to roll. All right, here we go. It is time for four downs. Everybody's saying that I should call it something different since it's about basketball. We will eventually, yeah. <laughs> but it's brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. So, Ron, you want to jump in the hot tub with us? Oh, oh. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Four downs brought to you by Dynasty Spas, the most comfortable spas made in the United States of America right here in East Tennessee. Drop in for the all-new showroom in Athens, 
Dynasty Spas, perfect for all four seasons. Four downs, presented by Off the Hook Sports. Well, yeah, and we also have a special guest that I, I know you'll like to jump in the spa with. This is turning into a really big <laughs> spa from Dynasty Spool. Uh, Bulls Spas. Coop? Cooper Mays here. Like and subscribe. All right. Hey, we like to, to make this a cold tub, man. Hot tub. Get, I get the blood flowing too much cold tub. Everybody will be shrinking. We all shrinking. <laughs> oh, no. Not shrinking. I mean, uh, especially uh, a hot tub with a hooker. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, this, this ain't, I mean, woo Party like Paul Pierce in here all of a sudden. Oh, gosh. Uh, Paul Pierce. All right. First down. First down. Uh, Rick Barnes kind of went off on his bets a little after the win over Georgia Southern, which was a convincing win. And they're coming off a win against Illinois. I thought they, they played pretty well, but he came down on some guys, uh, like, uh, Viscovi and, and Ziegler. Is, is that coach speak? Is that, that, that just a motivational tool to make sure they don't get too high? Yeah, I, I think a little, it's a little bit of both. But I also think you, one thing we learned from Coach Barnes over the years, he's going to be transparent. It's not going to be anything that he's going to come out and say in the media that he hadn't already said in the locker room. I think the players understand that as well. I'm not saying that they're all taking it uh, and like, oh, yeah, give it to me, Coach Barnes. Like, yeah, they're probably upset about it. Like, come on, Coach, man. But at the same time, just go out there and do your job. Especially, I think, when you look at it as veterans, when we play a team like Georgia Southern as a vet, I'm running out there, man. I'm if I'm averaging 18, it's about to go up one against Georgia Southern. I'm, I'm about to get that average up to 19 because I'm going for about 28, 36, something, something crazy this night and get it on out the way. So and that's what you expect from the veterans. You expect consistency, especially from Josiah and Santi. Um, that's what you want. And you want them to set the table for the younger guys to get this on out the way. So I think it's um, I think he was right on for going and getting on the vets because you can't have night offs like this. You you play with a Vandy can be at the bottom of the rankings. You play around with them, they'll beat you. South Carolina, don't take them serious, they'll beat you. Missouri, the same thing. So just because they may not have the ranking beside their name, you can't play around with what this transfer portal is offering. All right, you take second down. Uh, Caleb Calhoun, here we go. Cooper Mays here, second down. <laughs> so, Ron, I'm actually going to set this scenario for second down for you because Dave knows I've been – Dating back to last year, I've been highly critical of Tennessee's offensive droughts that in March come to get you. And Dave enlightened me on it, and I realized I feel the problem was their three-point shooting wasn't up to snuff, largely because there wasn't an inside offensive presence to draw people off the perimeter. I feel like Jonas Adu is proving me wrong and is finally turning into the inside presence that I'm just going to call him out, Urash Plavchik never turned into. Mm -hmm. And is he the best? He, I think now he is becoming an elite Vols big man. So he is the best big man the Vols have had since who? Who would you say? Well, first to your point, man, I that's why I thought they should have moved Josiah Jordan James to the four last year because he could have taken advantage and made wow. made um, a block presence or an elbow presence, which would have gave you the same result. But man, Jonas, they do. Ooh. Potentially best big man since Olivier on a hot night. Oh, come on. He can be better than Olivier, right? Is that safe? Hey, but Olivier on a hot night, look what he did to Duke. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like Olivier on a hot night series. That was safe. That was a safe play right there, Caleb. I'm going to go with, um, I I guess I would say, I would say, um, Grant. I'd have to say, Grant. 
um, for the simple fact, like anytime you can throw the ball in and if you play them one-on-one, you're going to get a great opportunity for an offensive rebound or a high percentage shot and he's not settling and not doing any wasted dribbles. Um, I think it's going to be interesting. I think one thing Grant was good at is when the double teams came, being able to kick it out. So I think that's the next the next step for a dude. Continue scoring like that. Expect double teams because of your height and be able to take care of the ball and getting it out to the shooter. So, yeah, I, I think he's doing a good job, though. They need that. That's, that's spot on. I think they needed it so bad last year. All right, what well, down, Coop? Tennessee center Cooper Mays here. Third down. <laughs> Sorry, Caleb. Uh, Dalton Connect, the best scorer since blank. Notice my questions are much shorter than Caleb's. Woo! The best scorer since blank. Best scorer since Jordan McCray. That's hot. I'm going to go best scorer. Yeah, who's, who's, who's looking in this? Who's in the hot tub now? <laughs> when, did, when did Paris Hilton get in the hot tub? And when do I get my vaccination? Where'd she come from? Where'd she come from? Hey, man, but yeah, I, I think since Jordan McCray, I think Jordan McCray was a guy that could score on all three levels, man. Um, I also think when you look at it, um, I want to say Josh Richardson, but his wasn't as fluid um, as Jordan McCray's. Well, Jordan's was fluid, and it was like, man, just get him the ball. He's gonna score from anywhere, athletic and all of that. So yeah, that that'll be my that'll be my my go-to. Ron's being really safe with these. I'm never going to the casino with Ron. You probably don't dude, put any money down. Dude, do I, I, that's they, they were calling this man the orange mambo. Like, I don't it's no, it's, it's no other, like I, I'm gonna be honest. I really wanted to go to Kevin Punter Jr., but that's too far back. You know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta think of guys that can explode for 30, guys that can run off four baskets in a row. Guys that can be in the slump in the first half, come out in the second half and still have 20. Like, Joel McCray was that dude, man. I don't think I, – I, I remember when he he was the anchor of that Sweet 16 team with Quanjo, uh Martin and Darnell Stokes and Jerron Maiman. I remember serious? that. But like, who would you think Who would you think of? Who would you say? I was going to – I might have gone all the way back to Scotty Hobson or Chris Lofton. I'm just saying. Scotty <laughs> wasn't consistent enough. And that's, that's my man. True. That's my man. Dal- One thing we know with Dalton <laughs> – Rain, hail, sleet, or snow, balls going up to the basket at some point. And it's, and it's, and it's going to be a high shot. The only problem we got is when he start creating in gaps and don't realize, like, it's a person in the gap. Get the ball up, dude. You're too tall. You dribble too high. Like, get that ball up, come back off a screen, get busy. But, yeah, Jordan, see, you ain't got to go. That's what I'm saying, Caleb. You ain't got to go back that far. You know what I mean? I just like, going, I just like just betting bets. I'm already putting 100 on Nico into the Heisman next year, Rod. He can't so mess with C-Law. I'm just – him and CeeLo ain't even close. Oh. <laughs> Him and Chris Lofton ain't even close. I agree. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. But I just – I like throwing a lot of money down. Yeah. You may- <laughs> He's a gambler. He's a gambler. <laughs> uh, you said CeeLo. I thought of Chris Lowe, and I don't know if he can hoop or not. But I'm yeah, CeeLo. Yeah, CeeLo stands still. Put him in the corner. <laughs> Put him in the corner. ESP uh, of ESPN. Uh, uh, what did you call – what is Connect's new nickname that I haven't heard? Who? Did you did you call him the no. Orange Mamba? No, that's no, that what they were calling Jordan McCray. That oh, was Jordan McCray's no. nickname. Connect yeah. is the Creamsicle Mamba. That's what everybody's calling him. <laughs> the Creamsicle. <laughs> <Golly>. All right, <laughs> Cooper, get us back on track because we all know what happened in that Florida game when Cooper wasn't around. All yes. SEC center Cooper Mays here, fourth down. <laughs> this could be the best Tennessee team since. Wow. I mean. 
this could be the best Tennessee team since um I'm gonna have to go with Grant Williams, Aaron Schofield, Jordan Bone, Kyle Alexander, um, Lamonte Turner coming off the bench. Um, what's my man? Bowden, Jordan Bowden. Um man, they they and the reason being full kid when he was young, like they had so much depth. And that's the thing. I think the only difference is you had a little bit more in interchangeable front court pieces with that bunch. This one, the only thing that would stop this team from going as far or further would be when guys get in foul trouble, Tobe or um, Jonas Adu. Because is 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 is, is Kay Phillips or Estrella ready to step in and give you 12 to 15 impactful minutes, not spark minutes, but impactful minutes. Like we depend on you. Don't make any silly fouls. So I think this would be, and I, I forgot what, I forgot what year that was, but I, I don't think, man, and I'm just going back that far. I, if, if you had to take it a step further, I would think of the depth that they had the year after Chris Lofton left when the situation happened with Tyler and all those guys and that kind of team unraveled under Bruce Pearl with, Ramar Smith, Jawan, all those guys. Like, that was going to be a special team, man. That was going to be a very, very special team. So, I think that was that would be the next one. Ron, I wanted to ask you just kind of a personal question because we talk about Grant Williams a lot. And, um, personal question. Well, I mean, In the hot tub? Not, I think it's yeah, weird. That's why I'm telling, I've been telling you to turn cold water on, man. <laughs> Start getting like this. <laughs> Start so, so dropping them bone bombs. So, Ron, who are you went to? No. <laughs> <laughs> at, least, okay, uh, at least bring me a drink, dog. No, <laughs> you ain't going to oil me up or nothing. <laughs> Let's go right at it, all right? Let's go then. <laughs> so, uh, just on, on a personal level, um, I, I remember you coming out uh, 2003 after your senior year. Do you ever sometimes look back and think, damn, my style of play was just too far ahead of the NBA at the time? Because – it was like five or six years after you, Zach Randolph emerged into a superstar. Draymond Green is Draymond Green. And now Grant Williams is in the NBA. And I just look back. I'm like, Ron was doing this before anybody. Oh. The may yeah. not have the wingspan that your typical oh. power forwards had at the time, but you could outmuscle people and you could stretch the floor yeah. a little yeah, it's, bit. It's, it's wild looking at it, man. It was so much put on height and um kind of being proto a prototype for the spot that they wanted you to be in. Um, it was, I think of it, like you said, man, I, I look at it, even when I was overseas, it was, it was, uh, it was a little bit before because I was able to play the, the center spot, the power forward spot and the small forward spot. So I never had to come off the floor and you never really got to saw it, see it until um, the coaches got around and I'd be in practice. They'd be like, Oh man, we didn't know you could do this. Let's try it right here. I'm like, man, I can do whatever you ask, you know what I'm saying? But what you paying me to do? That's 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 my whole thing. So yeah, if I if if, if it would have happened a little bit sooner, you would think though that guys like Barkley would pave the way. Um, and they see that, but it was still the game was so compact. You know, you had the power forward and him, his man guarding them, center and his man guarding them, a three-man setting the screen for the two to come out. So the, the paint was so packed, so they thought it was height that was needed to be able to last in those trees and things of that nature and no i don't know why nobody ever thought that hey let's put a guy out here that can shoot and that guy got to clear the paint now you just got one person in the paint but it is what it is man I, um it, it's, it's funny how much the nba tries to 
separate itself from college basketball it's kind of been going on as far as positionless basketball when you look at the transition how they run it everybody's been playing for around one if you look at just regular transition offense how many people elite uh deviate from that north carolina's been doing it for years kansas has been doing it for years having one big man now you know it's it's, it's like okay well, now we just need the five man can shoot so now the only thing's been added really is everybody can shoot yeah I, it's yeah. funny i remember phil jackson saying that there would be five Scotty Pippins running around mm-hmm. on the perfect team one day. That was in the mid to early 90s. And it yeah. just, I didn't think it would take almost 30 years for that yeah. to really, you know, as a matter of fact, here's what Peyton Manning has to say about that, just because I love this drop. They're like, that is total bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Quick story right. I do remember when Ron went your senior year. You went, what was it, four or five from three against Georgia when y'all played Georgia yeah. and beat Georgia? And I would never yeah. forget Jim Herrick. And this is, I was in high school and I'm like, this dude can't coach if he didn't know this. He was like, I didn't know he could do that from three. That was an yeah. exact quote from Jim Herrick. Yep. I remember <laughs> it. I remember it. And, and, and the whole thing leading up to it, I knew they were going to try to play zone because they didn't have anybody to guard me one on one. So I told Coach Conroy, I'll never forget it. Hey, man, I need to work on all trailer threes, um, trailer threes this week leading up to this game. And he was like, okay, let's do it. And I said, man, but the problem is you need to let me be able to shoot it from deep. I mean, from real deep. So he was like, okay, but it's only one way you're going to do that. So he made me watch like 30 minutes of Ray Allen um, and his footwork of how he shoot to make the long range shot. So he was like, anytime you go heel toe, you can shoot as deep as you want to. I was like, all right, cool. So we went and worked on it. And so when they came out in that zone, I was like, yes. I was so happy they played. Look, I wanted to shoot from the second E anyway. So CJ swung it. It wasn't no reversing anything. I was letting it go. I was like, yep, got something for y'all. So it was, yeah, that was, I couldn't wait for that, man. It was was some fun times. You you want, can I tell you one? I didn't mean to keep you this long. I'll tell you my one Jim Herrick story. You got time Mm -hmm. for that? Mm -hmm. So you guys were really, really good, needless to say. And Georgia was not as good. And, uh, and so uh, Jim, Jim, Game's getting <clears throat> ready to start, and uh, I know that he told one reporter, "said What do you think about going in this t- against this team?" He goes, "Well, he always got a chance with a silver fox standing on the sideline with his arms crossed." <laughs> Talking about Jerry Green, everybody had. Hey man, you know what the funny thing is? Coach Green gets so much <laughs> flack, man, about his interaction with fans and alums and boosters and stuff. But, man, people had so much respect. I don't know if it was the North Carolina ties or Kansas ties or what. They had so much respect for Coach Green. And, man, honestly, I can't remember a lot of X's and O's, but one thing. <laughs> That's very <laughs> He never – but in heated moments, he never got rattled. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was never rattled. We would always come to the huddle. And even if he was trying to get heated and start screaming, we we all look at him and be like, hey, Coach, come on, that – that ain't you, Coach. Be cool, man. Like, your voice your voice don't even go up that high to do that, man. So, it was, it was cool, though, man. That, that was That's my guy. I got to text him probably about two, three months ago, man, Coach Green. Tell him I said well, I, hello. I would love to visit with Jerry Green. Hey, man, I don't know if he'll do – that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to get him on the Boom Boom Room. Man, Coach Green, once you start talking about interviews, he's not going to respond. I Ever. got him on one time a few wow. years after his, after, after his retirement. And – he cared so much about the interview that I could hear he was out of breath. And I said, I said, so what are you, what are you doing right now? And he goes, well, I'm just shoveling gravel in the driveway. 
<laughs> with the cell phone like held against his ear <laughs> and he kept shoveling. I'm like, I've got, I got to get this driveway done. <laughs> That's my man. Whatever the task is at hand, he's going to die. The only thing I got to tell you about red flags is you talk about Jerry Green came very respected yeah. in the coaching circles. If your coach is beloved by other coaches, it's always a red flag because the best coaches are hated. <laughs> That's true too. That's no. That, that mean they won. They won somewhere down yeah. the line. You like, know, I, I we exactly. David, I joked at SEC media days. Everybody was talking up Billy Napier. Everybody, yeah. this guy's just so smart. I'm like, yeah. That's a dead giveaway that he's got a problem. <laughs> yeah, dead giveaway. You gonna get him, man. Those are those are good times right there, though, dog. I, I think you. I think one thing about this team, the cohesiveness and the camaraderie about this team. Um, it's going to show. It's going to show. And you can see it gleaming out one another. You see, uh, was it yes, two days ago when um, Freddie DeLeon got in, Zakai hit him for a three-pointer. Like, you could see how happy Zakai was to see the young fella, you know what I mean, get some game. Another guy, Cam, Cam Carr, like, like it's so much potential on this team. I, that's what I told Coach Barnes in the offseason. I went up to see those guys practice. And I'm like, he was like, what you think we, we, we look like? I said, man, I'm going to be honest. You got a hell of a job ahead of you, man, because you got so many guys that can play interchangeable parts and they all kind of work together and they're selfless and people understand who's who on the team. I think the, the key part is who Santi is going to be. And I said it early in the week. You've been having to carry the scoring load and when they go through droughts, try to get you open. You don't. You no longer have to do that. You can go back and revert back to who you were when you first got there, the Ginobili-like kind of player. You got to see it. Nine rebounds, start doing the – we ain't seen the behind-the-net passes in, all, in like two or three years. You know what I'm saying? So him getting back to doing the intangible things, plus they can't leave him because you got a guy like Dalton Connect that can score as a guy. Anytime you come off ACL surgery, I'm telling you, the first thing you go work on is form shooting. And you can't wait. And I'm speaking from experience. You can't wait to let everybody know, like, boy, look at this jumper. So you got Zakai ready to score. Joe Siles worked on his shot. A do has confidence in shooting. Jordan Ganey is another guy that's gotta be gunning to let it to, to have that impact. Freddie DeLeon, when he gets that opportunity, Jemai Mayshack wants to show what he can do. So all of those shots that you were getting, not necessarily for you. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to force feed yourself to get in the groove, to get involved, but you can't scream. You can't go in there and rebound. You can't create for other guys and get drop-offs for people. And you can't be a decoy. So I think that's going to be key for the season moving forward. Can Santi understand that role and get back to being the intangible, Ginobili-like style player where he understands that he brings so much to the game outside of scoring? Ron, super excited to work with you again. Again, it's brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas in Athens. They've got the showroom. They deliver uh, discounts for military first responders. And also, uh, they've, they've got some slot blemish models you can save a lot of money on. Dynasty Pools and Spas right there in Athens. Thank you, Ron. I appreciate it. And how do people follow your work? You're on uh, 3 to 7 Central time. I get the time yep. zones mixed up, right? Yep, 3 to three to 6 uh, Central. Then it's the after party of uh, 3HL. Um uh, on 104.5 The Zone, then also SEC Network cranks back up. I'll be in the studio the 21st, 28th, 29th, 30th, and then when conference play starts in there 
every week, um, maybe twice a week. So it's all it's all going down, man. Stay tuned. Guys, gonna. I mean, if I'm Jay Billis, I wake up every morning worried about Ron Slay. <laughs> he ain't got to worry. I, they won't let me on the private flights yet. They ain't got to worry yet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ron. Uh, See you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, Jay Billis ain't getting younger, Caleb. Don't be I mean, surprised. Don't be surprised if Ron's their go-to one day. I'm not even. Oh, joking he. Sh- I agree. Ron is great. He should be their go-to now. I'm just saying that you know there is there there is. It's not official, but there is tenure at ESPN for people like okay, Lee Corso is not getting any younger, but like he's still being able to travel with College Game Day every week, and I love Lee. Well, and... but at what point with 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 ESPN's revenue? I don't know what Ron makes, and I'm not going to ask him. But does Jay Billis become too expensive? Does he get? That I mean. Day? Where he can do his own thing digitally, like we're doing. I think what's going to happen. We're that big, is, baby. The future of ESPN is they need to have fewer guys, and Ron is one of these guys with this type of talent, so I would do it. It should be it's the Stephen A. Smith model. Find a few guys that are really, really entertaining and pay them a boatload of money. And mm. that's funny. I was just do. thinking that yesterday. Huh. Like us, they should pay us a boatload us. of money. Portions yeah. of the program brought to you by Harold Group Security Solutions. Leadership experience specialization. Uh, I always hate to say this, but we have had recent issues, uh, lack of security uh, in our country, and it's cost people their lives. And with Harold Group Security Solutions, they can work in your uh, workplace, your children's school. If you go to the administrators involved and say Harold Group Security Solutions, the link is right down there, haroldgrp.com. Former military personnel, highly trained to make sure your workplace or your children's school is safe that is uh pretty darn awesome all right so i called caleb last night and i wore caleb out because i had all these ideas that i wanted to talk about and it's it's an exciting time usually december is slow but actually just when i look at our numbers they're up so whether it's the transfer portal or nil or basketball or whatever it is uh there's been a lot to talk about so i've gotten excited uh as we continue to grow and we thank you please hit the like and subscribe button but i the thing that I wanted to talk about that I really, and we're going to have our five favorite minutes. So we're going to allow you to direct the, uh, the the program for a moment at the end of every single program and you can win a hooker t-shirt. But was this latest ruling that just came down the pike, and this was yesterday, where you don't even have to file a waiver for your second transfer. So you can transfer once, of course, you don't have to sit out. You don't have to file a waiver. Hell, I don't even know if you have to sign anything. But your second time, you had to fill out a waiver. Now you don't have to fill out a waiver. Okay, I'm all for players' rights. I said they should be paid a long time ago. But if a guy can go, theoretically, where these programs stand now, let me throw this at you. He starts at Vanderbilt. I'm too good for Vanderbilt. I'm going to Kentucky. I'm too good to con- for Kentucky. Next season, I'm going to Tennessee. Well, maybe I'm too good for Tennessee, and Alabama looks loaded. They could win a championship. I'm going to Alabama. I got a real problem with that. Four schools in four years could be a real possibility because of the antitrust laws that are being struck down 
by Congress. And at some point, there has to be some common sense because to be able to play for three and four SEC schools, what are we rooting for? Just jerseys, in my opinion, and Peyton Manning agrees. They're like, that is total bullshit. Caleb, what do you think? So to give people a background on this, this was a a U.S. district judge struck down the NCAA rule that right up, up until yesterday, you could transfer one time without a waiver. The second time you transferred, you had to get an eligibility waiver from the NCAA to play immediately. And the NCAA tightened those waiver requirements in January. A district judge put a restraining order on that ruling. I don't, a restraining order sounds weird. It sounds like the NCAA is like harassing you. But <laughs> the... A district judge put a restraining order on that ruling, meaning it's not it's it's struck down for the next two weeks, and then a hearing is set for a hearing for the restraining order is set for December the twenty seventh. The NCAA has not yet made clear whether or not they will fight this ruling. Meaning, if they don't fight it, then on December the twenty seventh, they don't show up for the hearing. That's it, and for the rest of time, you can transfer. It was done in West Virginia. However, West Virginia wasn't the only state that fought for this to end this restraining order. By the way, Colorado. Illinois, New York, North Carolina, Ohio, and yes, Dave, Tennessee, all were for this. Now, I think all these states were for for different logistical reasons. Like, I think Illinois is a very liberal state. They support college athletes' rights. So just on principle, they are, they're behind the idea of doing it. I mean, Northwestern Union is trying to unionize. I think Tennessee's behind, and the same with New York. I think Tennessee's behind it because Tennessee wants to be able to get more transfers, quite honestly, and the same with Colorado. So where all this goes, I'm not sure. But Dave, I will I will say this: in defense of the athletes, coaches can go wherever they want. I mean, Lane Kiffin was allowed to go to Tennessee for a year and then tell his signees to not go to class, so so they can follow him to USC. And Very I true. guess that was it, that was I guess Ed Orgeron that did that. So if the coaches can do that when they're making ten to fifteen million dollars, it's hard to say the players can't. At that point, well, I mean, it's it's hard, but at at some point, you, you have to have some common sense. And I'm 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 a players' rights guy, and 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 I'm all for it. But I think the step, the next step, is the players need to unionize, and there there needs to be a collective bargaining agreement because this is silly. If you start going from team to team like you already are to a greater extent that's very troublesome to me i mean at what point is it the old seinfeld episode where we're really just rooting for the laundry i mean it is kind of like that and that's the thing that i think differentiates itself not to the same extent that it did a couple of years ago differentiates itself from college football to from the nfl is the nfl yes Deion sanders can bounce from team to team and i love him one year and i hate him the next year but you don't want to see that out of a Nico, out of a Carson Beck, out of one of those guys. Your thoughts on that brought to you by Don Self. Customer service still matters. Your neighborhood state farm agent for the greater Chattanooga area. Everybody's price shopping now, but you don't want a surprise at the time of your claim. Over 40 years, that's Don Self and his team Take customer service seriously. 423-396-2126. 423-396-2126. Or go to donself.net. So other than a union, how can we stop this? And I'm a player's rights guy, Caleb. So please don't paint me as I'm the man, so to speak. 
No, but Dave, I will say, I think you are, I'm not saying you're not a player's rights guy. I, as a matter of fact, this actually, I think the eligibility waiver works in the player's favor because I think it helps players to make them think twice before transferring because they can make a really reckless decision and not realize they're harming themselves long-term. However, I will say this, something you brought up, you don't want guys coming in and out. Okay, let's go to basketball for a minute. Kentucky's a basketball school. Do you think they've cared for the last 15 years that they've had players for one year and that's it? Do you think they have cared whatsoever? Well, I think, their their, I think their fans do. Don't I you think, think they care at all? No, I, because they've just won one championship. If they had three championships. That's what they care about. They care about that they've only won one championship. They don't care that they only root for players a year and that players are using them as a pit stop for the NBA. They care that it's not turning into championships. Okay, but the style of the, – the level of play, is it not going to go down? I mean, let, let's let's take worst-case scenario. You're able to transfer three times without a waiver, without any hurdles whatsoever. And the transfer portal goes from, what, 1,000 guys were in it or 1,100 or whatever it was to 3,000. Then the level of play in, in football is going to go down. And for those of the, us that love the game, no matter who's playing it, it's not the same product because you can't gel together over time because you may have been at Arizona State the year before and the year before that, Cal, Miami the year before that. There just has to be some sort of common sense. I actually think that's – it. I think to a degree you might be right, but I think in another way it'll help the level of play at other schools because there will be there will be other schools that have a culture of four-year guys. You saw this in college basketball, by the way. Amidst all the one-and-dones, there are a few schools that have cultures of four-year guys, Villanova, and they go and win two national titles, not because their team was more talented than North Carolina, but because they gelled together so well. No, no, no. Basketball is different. I'm talking about football. Yeah, but football, you might have that. Okay, one of the, uh, just an example, like, one of the, the the most okay, let's let's put this out in football real quick. The position that requires gelling the most, bar none, no questions asked, is offensive line. As a unit, them gelling matters more than any other position. Maybe the secondary, but offensive line more than the secondary, right? Secondary, a closer second, I think, than you, but that's fine. Yes. Okay. Wisconsin and Iowa uh, have and Nebraska have for years tried to build a tradition of walk-on offensive linemen that are coached up well and gel and work well together all of a sudden with this ruling with players going all around those three schools could get a unique advantage just with the level of gelling on the offensive line that make them maybe sneak a win over ohio state one year in a big 10 title game maybe sneak into the college football playoff that they never would have done otherwise and i think there is that there's something entertaining about that isn't it dave i mean i get i I don't know. I want to ask the message board. Is it entertaining to you? Because I, like I said earlier, our numbers are up in December when I, I, I've worked in radio. Usually uh, ratings dip a little bit in December. Our numbers are actually up. And I'm sure it's because of the transfer portal talk and the NIL talk. So maybe it's good for us, but is it good for uh, the, the, the Evans of the world and our guys that are, that are on there and, 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 um travis is it good for you as a fan a smoky mountain red is it is it good for you all the guys on our message board i don't think it's good for you i i think that you want to be invested with a young man i think you want to see a high level of college football that's just a step short of the nfl not way short of the nfl i just don't i, I think the level of play will decrease 
And I think the loyalty to individual teams will decrease some too. I mean, let's just, if you're a Georgia fan and Carson Beck says, I I don't like the fact that Georgia got the short end of the stick here because we're one of the four best teams and I'm going to Alabama. I mean, how are Georgia fans going to feel about that? I mean, that I, I know I'm just pulling an example out of nowhere, so don't don't nitpick me. But it just at some point, it's just there's no loyalty there at all, Caleb. Dave, let's make it more fun. What if this happens? <laughs> this is going to be really funny. <laughs> what if a judge strikes down the NCAA eligibility rulings of when you transfer? So, for instance, many schools have a winter semester that you can early enroll in, like that starts before the college football playoff. I got a question for you. This is a real, real quite crazy question. How close are we to an All-American transferring to a school that's in the college football playoff and then playing in that playoff for that school? I don't think you're far from that. I don't think you're far from that. Now, I think, <laughs> I think, I think legally the, that it's that you you can't stop it. So, what if Carson Beck right now said? Okay, who's the worst quarterback of the four remaining teams? Uh, I guess Texas is the dude, right? I I think Michigan's JJ McCarthy. I, I don't think he's good. Okay, at all. okay. So let's uh, again. I'm pretending. Let's say Carson Beck's a junior, and this is his last year to win a championship. And he goes, you know, I think I'm just going to go. I'm going to transfer to Michigan for the college football playoff. See you guys. That is not outside the realm of possibility. <laughs> That's. That would be that would make for the most, but for us that would make them for the wildest December every year because you've got like twelve teams in the playoff and I, I no I'm with you it's not I I don't know how you regulate it because of, because of the antitrust rules but who's the quarterback in his last year who's a quarterback right now that's is... Joe Milton <laughs> no 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 a really Bo good Nicks. one I... Bo Nix is a good one Bo Nix okay Bo Nix. let's take let's let's say Bo Nix. If Michigan called and said, Bo, we're going to give you $10 million to play in the college football playoff. Is there anything legally that the United States of America or the NC A could possibly do to stop it? That's a really good question. I don't know if there is. That's a really, really, really good question. I, I don't know. Should, here's ten million dollars, Bo. Here's ten million dollars, and it would be worth it. Yeah, they'd get a championship out of it for 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 a couple months. I I agree. It's you know, but it's all re- okay. What? How often would this happen? I, it would happen a good bit. I will say it's the more I'm thinking about it, it would happen. Another one, actually, a smaller level, because here's one that's a smaller school that would want to try his chance. Kadon Salter at Liberty. He just went undefeated at Liberty. Ooh. And what about running backs? That they could make the transition easier. Yeah, they don't have to learn a playbook. It's take the ball and run with it. Yeah, you, you, I mean, figure out some pass pro. There you go. Yeah, Sports it's... Treasures carrying over five million Sports Treasures and so much more. Follow them on Facebook for the best sports memorabilia. They've got the daily updates. Go to Facebook.com Sports Treasures TN. You've got to follow them, and I'll tell you what. You will be well taken care of. I love their daily updates. We share them on Off the Hook Sports all the time because they're so super cool. Of course, Vol stuff, but so much more. They can find what you need. They're, they're actually looking for me. I have a rule where I won't wear a jersey that is uh, of a player. I actually have to wear jerseys in general, but they've got this nice uh, sweater that I'm going to try to get from Sports Treasures, and it's a Roger Staubach sweater jersey. 
It is super tight looking. Uh, it is it is awesome. That's Sports Treasures. They have also got the book, uh, the book. Well, not the Bible, but they've got Celebrate 98, the untold stories behind Tennessee's 1998 National Championship. I would encourage you to order it below. So before we get to um, our five favorite minutes, I want to remind you that you can order that book and we have packages available so they can make for great stocking stuffers for your family that might be Tennessee fans. So we've got affordable packages there. So take care of your family uh, on this holiday season. And uh, by the way, none of that would have been possible had it not been for Tennessee Cider Company, the original hard cider of the Smoky Mountains. Use the promo code HAT to receive some free swag on your cider order. Available most anywhere in the U.S., tncidercompany.com, tncidercompany.com. So our five favorite minutes starts now and i'm considering a rule because somebody came up with something really good before our five favorite minutes started and i'm going back and i'm looking over so you absolutely evan says i love the show dave this is not why i'm picking yours evan but i'm gonna go back i'm pretty sure it was evan okay i can't find it now there there, it knows it's hunter hunter i'm sorry somebody has to move pretty quick to beat this Given the schedule is 2024, 10 plus regular season wins or bust for Tennessee. I'm going to go ahead and make that the topic. And now, unless I hear something better, really, really, really quick. Our, our poll question today, which is on our YouTube page, please vote on it. How do you feel about Tennessee's schedule? 12% said, hate it, SEC against the Vols. I don't, have you looked at the schedule? Did you accidentally slip with your mouse? Uh, number two, it works. It's just okay, 68%. Again, have you looked at the schedule? It's, it's incredible for Tennessee. Number three, love it, championship. So let's get back to Hunter's point. Is 2024 10 plus regular season wins or bust for Tennessee? Good job, Hunter. You're going to be presented with a fantastic hooker T-shirt. I'll put the email in here. Yes, with this schedule, you want to go over it again real quick. Why don't you pull it up and go over it again real quick? But yes, if Tennessee doesn't win 10 regular season games and make the college and and make the college football playoff, I'm sorry then 2024 is a bust. Yes, it is a thousand percent of us. Chattanooga, win. NC State, win. Kent State, win. Oklahoma, Tulsa. Arkansas, win. Florida, win. Alabama, Tulsa. Kentucky, win. Mississippi State, win. Georgia, I say likely lost, but not impossible to win. UTEP and Vanderbilt. There are nine circled wins on this schedule next year and two toss-ups and one likely loss. So... With nine circled wins in the bag, yeah, you don't win 10 games. It's a total bust next year. Like an epic, epic fail. And honestly, Dave, again, if they don't win nine games next year, or if they don't win 10 games next year, at that point, it's safe to say Josh Heupel has a ceiling at Tennessee, right? If they don't win 10 games next year, then Josh Heupel has a Butch Jones-level ceiling at Tennessee. Mm. And 2022 was just a special year with some Jeremy Pruitt talent. Okay, can I, can I, one caveat, can I get Cooper back? I'll jump on board with you if I can get Cooper back. If I know 100% that Cooper's back. I feel like I know 99.9% that Cooper's back. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Not trying to break news here, but it just feels like that. Cooper has not told me that for those that like to post on message board. Cooper has not told me that. 
So, okay, um, if Cooper's back, you should – yeah, Josh Heupel should get – and everybody's healthy, and Josh Heupel can't manage 10 wins, then it becomes very clear he has a ceiling, right? Well, I mean, things could happen, injuries, but I would have – let's say along the ride, I've had minor concerns about Josh Heupel, just like I would have any coach. I would have had minor concerns when – LSU lost to, was it Louisiana Monroe and Nick Saban's first year? I mean, so you have minor concerns with every coach. If you don't, then you've got a colored glasses on for whatever team you're talking about. But I would say that uh, I would have major concerns. It would go from minor to major. Major concerns. Major. I'm not going to say that that's a silly. I mean, we don't know what Nico's going to do in a game. We think we know. Josh Heupel state himself, he has staked everything on Nico, though. We have to know that. Josh Heupel has gone all in on Nico. And this isn't to say he's not a good coach, but talent evaluation is part of the process. And look, if they don't win 10 games next year, I'm going to go out and say that talent evaluation is too is too bad for Josh Heupel and it's going to derail him if they're not fully healthy. Because the big question has been talent evaluation from the start. And he hasn't proven that he can evaluate talent just yet. Another one, I mean... Guys, remember when everybody was finally off the Butch Jones train? And I'm not trying to say Heupel's Butch Jones. But everybody was behind Butch Jones in Knoxville, Dave. Through tw- the through the middle of 2016, when Tennessee was 5-0 and and ranked number 9, when they had a first-round senior quarterback, or an NFL senior quarterback and a bunch of first-round picks. Then they lost three straight. Then they finished 8-4. and four. They didn't win the East. And it was very obvious at that point that Butch Jones had a ceiling. And I will say next year, if you don't get 10 wins, if, you, if you're not in the college football playoff next year, Josh Heupel has a ceiling. It, it's official at that point. Assuming, assuming everybody's healthy. Look, if Nico gets hurt, oh, I, okay, bets are off. You know what I mean? This is out the window. Sure. It's a mulligan year. Well, but, I think injuries cost Tennessee at least one game this year. I think we'd be talking about a nine or 10 win yeah. season this year as well. So he's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of off the hook sports. Again, the book is right below. We'd love for you to order a copy and uh, we'll get it to you for Christmas. I promise you that. And your, your family and friends that are Tennessee fans, I believe will love it for Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of off the hook sports live weekdays at 10 a.m. Eastern time. We'll talk to you on a Friday, and it's always a football Friday. Fred White to join us. For Caleb Calhoun, I'm Dave Hooker, Off the Oak Sports.